chance. It was directed by David Frazee, who directed 103, and written by Russ Cochrane, who's a new writer. He wrote for that show, Rookie Blue, which I'm always telling you about that Canadian cop show. Mm-hmm. I think you really need to add it to your <laughs> repertoire. <laughs> um, it aired May 13th, 2014. New top movie was Neighbors with our, our recent homeboy, Zac Efron. Oh, yeah, and Seth Rogen. <laughs> I actually haven't seen that movie. Oh, yeah, Rose Burns in it, too, right? Mm-hmm. The song is still happy, but I think this is the last week. <laughs> <laughs> you, you cry. <laughs> Just one note from the recaps that I read before about last week's episode. Our old friend Caroline Frampy pointed out that Cal's job of bee pollination is a continuation of the fertility motif that they're discussing, which didn't even occur to me mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. it happened. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we can get into the episode. Okay, I want to start off with a film question for you. Ooh, my fave. Because I've noticed that often Orphan Black will pick up right where the episode ends. Mm-hmm. And so do you think they... do? You, is it common to film multiple episodes in one day like that? Yeah, so it's super common, especially for TV. Uh, it's called cross-boarding. So it saves production a lot of money, for example, if... They're going to be on location and have multiple scenes there to shoot all the scenes in that location in, like, one week or, like, one day. Or, um, like, basically, that's the most common situation. Or, depending on actor availability, too. Obviously not so relevant in this case. (laughs) But, um, yeah, and, like, usually, too, they'll do, like, if they have some, like, soundstage work. So, I imagine, like, Cosima's lab, uh, Mrs. Well, maybe not Mrs. S's house, but... Felix's apartment. I bet those are all on sound stages, and there's definitely like sound stage work that that goes um, like you just have to shoot on a sound stage anyway. But especially in New Orleans, I'm sure it's similar in Toronto with weather there, like snow or whatever. But mm-hmm. we like I always thought if I whenever I become a real AD and I get to make a schedule, like what I would do. Once again, you have to factor in like actor availabilities. I would not schedule any soundstage work until the end of the shoot because in New Orleans, the weather is so unpredictable. And so often, if you're supposed to be on location, you're like, oh, we can't film here because it's raining. So I guess we have to go to the soundstage and shoot whatever. But if you've already shot everything that you need to shoot in the soundstage, then you don't have anything left to shoot. Mm -hmm. So you end up being like, well, I don't know what we're going to do. And I think it forces producers into like, decisions where they have to put crew like at risk because it's like well we have to shoot something so maybe we will take more chances like out here in the thunderstorm versus like if we could just go back to the sound stage and and Uh shoot there but yeah so they probably were like okay we're gonna shoot this car crash scene we'll shoot all the aftermath at one time and then they just like did it but also it kind of depends too because um often if they do that like if directors well, in my experience, they'll shoot, like, one per director will have, like, two episodes at a time. So this is a little different because it's a different uh, director from episode to episode. But I could easily just see them being like, okay, you're done now. We'll have the other director come and, and finish up, whatever. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, too, you'll shoot things for a director's episode and they can't be there, like, pickups, especially, like, if you have to reshoot something. And they'll just let, like, a producer direct it, like, who, who knows the show in the flip. Okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like that was kind of a long, <laughs> a long experience. 
Uh, but yeah, so it picks immediately after we left. It was actually Cal who crashed the car into Sarah because he didn't know what else to do. Pretty risky move, I, I honestly. think there were a lot of other options, <laughs> but okay. Also, I thought the timing was kind of weird. Like, he was able to go and hide Kira and crash into mm, them. True. How did he know where they were? Yeah. Too? Like, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that is true. Maybe not the most uh, logical of, of uh, moves. But um, pretty badass. Very badass. <laughs> Um, and then Sarah starts losing it. She thinks that Daniel's dead. She takes the picture of the the mystery doctors and the soldier and the gun and his phone. And then they see a cop drive past, and it seems like for a second that Sarah's about to shoot the cop. Yeah. Kyle's like, what are you doing? But then they drive, like, right past him. And he points out to her that she's holding a murder weapon, which caused her to freak out anew. Yeah. I mean, in her defense, she did get a head injury. Well, so. yeah, head injury, adrenaline's pumping. Like, yeah. She's probably not making the most sound decisions. Yeah, um... So then Tom's still trying to... I mean, Kyle's still trying to get information out of Sarah, but she's being pretty closed-lipped and he has like an emotional moment where he says that tom who was the uh the policeman who got killed was his friend so then it cuts to the prolethean farm i think so like last episode is definitely sarah's and i think this is like a helena episode for mm-hmm. sure well so then grace says to her dad henrik like it's awake and he corrects her to say she's awake but obviously something has happened to helena post cult marriage post honeymoon <laughs> gross what did you do to me? No, you're injured. Remember? We're trying to get you well. There were people all around me. That was just our family. Oh, that's right, Elena. It's okay. Everybody just came by to say, hey there. Helena, I can't imagine the kind of life you've led up till now, but that's all over and done with. She seems like a badass, too. So it's like a sister-wives situation, I guess? I guess, yeah. We don't really know their whole plan, but... Yeah. I I really think the marriage is just to give them, like, quote-unquote, like, legal cover so they can, like, mm-hmm. snatch that whatever happens, the offspring. Um, uh, and then... But I, I, this, I think it's interesting, too, because they're showing... They're, you see Gracie in the background of the shot, and she's clearly not buying into this, like, family narrative. I actually really like that actress, Zoe de Grand Maison. With the um, red curly hair? Mm-hmm. Gracie. Yeah. Gracie. Uh, so then we're, we cut to Allison. Could you tell that she was in rehab, or did you think that she was a dyad? I thought that she was in rehab. Me too. <laughs> it's really obvious to everyone except for her. Uh, she's detoxing, her arm was broken. I said, hungover in high heels, most Allison thing ever. <laughs> she's, like, puking in the toilet, and she's got little kitten heels on. <laughs> Wait, but don't they, I guess they don't undress you if you go to rehab. It's not like the hospital. No, yeah, it's not like that. Um, it looks like a fancy rehab. Mm-hmm. She has, like, a whole suite in her room. Like, I feel like, I don't think you usually get that with, like, a table and chairs and everything. Um, she thinks she's a dyad, but then she gets a quick reality check. Um, and then the next thing is Cal revealing he's got a camper. Sarah really couldn't have picked a more perfect, uh, I know. he has all the answers. <laughs> I know. Uh, they're going on, like, a little family road trip. Uh, 
then Bonnie, uh, Henrik's wife, is on, we're back at the Prolific Farm, and she's on his ass about the security of bringing Helena there. And they're talking about how they see Art out there taking pictures. I wrote, this woman is serious. <laughs> when, she was, <laughs> when he was like, let me handle the safety or whatever. Cal still is pressing Sarah for information, which he at least, he, Sarah basically just says that Daniel was, she says that he belonged to a very powerful bitch at a corporation. So then Cal infers from that that she's scamming a corporation. Obviously she doesn't get into the, like, the clone yeah. hijinks of it all. I wonder if she was a little wounded at how quick he was <laughs> able to jump to that conclusion. <laughs> well, uh, I also wanted to say that she has Daniel's phone, and this mm-hmm. is the most high-tech phone we've seen <laughs> all series. <laughs> that emojis. I was like, wow. Not a, not a little burner <laughs> phone. Yeah. It, well, so it just, Sarah's always thinking, like, even with her, her brain injury, she's like, let me snatch this phone. Mm-hmm. And then she comes up with the idea to, like, string Rachel along, thinking that she's been caught to give them more time to get away. And then the next scene is Gracie, uh, a straight-up murderess, trying <laughs> I could not believe that. <laughs> oh. oh, excuse me, Art. <laughs> it's not your time yet. <laughs> How come every time the, we try to play a clip, it wants to take 30 seconds? I want to just tap that <laughs> and play it immediately. <laughs> what um, were you saying? Yeah, I just couldn't believe that Gracie did that. Uh, but obviously, she's not super well-versed in it because she did not do it long enough for Helena to actually die. <laughs> well, also, you can't really, like, game Helena in the murder department. No, like, she got the wrong one. Yeah. <laughs> she probably didn't realize that Helena is a super assassin. Oh, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> but Playing possum. The way she was like, go back to hell where you came from. And so the the amount of resentment that she has makes me feel like there's been like a similar situation mm. or there's been a lot of build up to this. Like, Elaine has been there a very short time and it is not measuring up with the emotions that Gracie is feeling. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I think you're right. They must have been like, you know, like talking about her arrival, like leading up to this, this like grand plan that they have. Because clearly like, before Tomas was killed, it seemed like they had a bit of a rapport beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, and whatever was happening with Maggie Chen, um, I guess if she was, like, a cop, she was probably involved with this more, like, modern sect of Prolethianism than whatever Tomas has got going on. So I wonder if it's just, like, a Gracie shit. Well, also, too, for Gracie, it could just be that she's herself both growing up in this, like, cold, like, atmosphere. Yeah. And taking it out on Helena, too. We don't really know that much about her, really. Just that, like, the only character notes that we get are that she is uh, afraid of Helena mm-hmm. and thinks that she's a demon. She's and is a murderess. Right. That's, yeah. A, te- a teen murderer. <laughs> With great hair. Yeah. Um, so then Helena gets to jump on her, of course, and is wandering through in her wedding dress the like lab slash black site have you seen that movie ready or not i wanted to ask you i think you would like it i don't think so it's a horror movie with um um adam brody is in it and it's like this girl goes to um her i think again it's her wedding i guess so she marries into this like rich family who are like the they have like a game Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yeah. I have seen that. It just made me think of that because she's running around in her like ripped wedding dress that whole movie and Mm -hmm. the scene with the Helena running through the black site. So, uh, well, I wrote they inseminated her, but I actually wanted to ask you about this because then later you see, like, him looking at the microscope. So did they 
take an egg and it, then it definitely looked like they inseminated her yeah but then but from, then what's he looking at so i don't know if they inseminated the egg and then extracted it oh, yeah. i don't know if you can do, you that. Can't do that yeah. oh i did ask that woman with the fertility clinic <laughs> at the coffee shop but she was like well i'm not a doctor i just like own the clinic and i was like well if you have a friend who like knows about fertility and they want to come on our podcast and she's like well what's your audience and i was like um <laughs> like i didn't really have a good answer for her but i was like explaining to her like the questions that we wanted to answer and she was like wow that's so interesting but then she just like got her coffee and left and i was like okay bye <laughs> yeah so i don't know i guess they could have like fertilized the egg and then taken it out i guess yeah but aren't they gonna have to put it back in somebody for the baby to grow or i don't know it's, it might it's just be like an editing thing where it's like they shouldn't have just showed like he could have taken a photo like at the time or whatever and that's what he's looking at later yeah but it makes it seem like he's looking at like a live right yeah thing. we're seeing it in the moment yeah so i don't know it confused me but yeah it clearly looked like she got inseminated but then even later she says like they took they something. took something from me yeah. so it seems like they took her eggs i don't know i mean i guess they could have done both uh, and then, uh, Bye. I couldn't remember her name, so I wrote mom and all my <laughs> Bonnie <laughs> discovers Gracie on the ground. Um, <laughs> she was screaming. Uh, and then I thought of the shot where Helena, like, runs right past artists, so <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> You've had enough? <laughs> I wrote, I said, Art and Helena, the duo we didn't know we needed. I would have loved to see them get to cahoots. I thought I Art know. was going to help her. <laughs> but it's even, it's kind of even funnier that they just, like, look at each other. Like, what the fuck? And then Helena keeps running. And I really like the detail. Like, they show the snow earlier. When um, Henrik and Bonnie are talking and he's like, Grace, he's just going to have to open her heart. It's like, and then, but it makes it like way more effective when you see her like running through this like field in the snow and the artist is like, oh shit, it's <laughs> like trying to get her. And then the, the boys come chasing after and now Art can speak to us. You're trespassing, Detective Bell. No, I was just out for a hike, taking a few nature shots and I got a little turned around. This is private property. Actually, your property line ends back there. Which means all you boys have long gun permits as required by law to be packing these things on public land. Right? Let's go. See you again, detective. Oh, you bet. I was like, yay. Yeah. <laughs> Art gets to be a badass. But it's like, okay, thanks, Art. You gave Helena like 30 extra seconds of running. <laughs> it worked, though. She does get away. Well, <laughs> they did leave the guns behind. So, yeah. like, they could have shot her, like, wounded her, whatever. But then they had to, like, go on foot and just, like, look for her. So, this is the first time where I was like, okay, I actually like Art. He's yeah. helping. Even if he doesn't really know what's going on. Um, and then we see Kasima for the first time 17 minutes into the episode. Like, the whole, we haven't seen her at all. Um, and she's just, like, continuing to watch the footage of Jennifer torturing herself. Mm-hmm. I wrote obsessing. Yeah, she is obsessing. You know, the worst part of it is, um, people looking at you. When you tell them that you're sick, they're not sure how to react, like... Does she want me to cry or like I don't care? Just feel like... Okay, but that Skype sound was hella triggering. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, but no, I thought it was important that they specifically played that 
clip of I wrote I wrote down Rebecca. I don't know where I got that from. Jennifer. Yeah. Um, because Kasim is not telling anybody that she's sick, and that yeah. just hearing that from Jennifer is just gonna further push her to like, yeah, I don't. It's gonna be a burden. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think Kasima is just a little underserved this season, where it's like the only plot with her really is like she's sick, she's trying to like investigate, but we don't really get much of her like internal conflict. It's almost like she's watching these clips like instead of us like exploring her own emotions. Mm -hmm. But I think it makes sense in a way because it's like that's what she's doing. Like she's not processing for herself. She's just like obsessing over these videos, like you said. Uh, instead of, like, telling the people that she knows and, like, her family. Uh, no Delphine this episode either. Yeah. I think I've been having really weird feelings about Kasima anytime she comes up because it's just, like, I fe- she feels untrustworthy to me. Like, she's mm-hmm. entrenched in this, in the Dyad Institute, and it's, like, whose team are you on? Like, we trust that she's on the Coleman's team, but it's, like, also, you're a little blinded by Delphine, mm-hmm. and what does Felix say? <laughs> He calls it. <laughs> oh, I didn't clip that part. <laughs> Transgressive uh, lesbian geek spiral. <laughs> yeah, bound to end in tears. <laughs> um, so she's obviously caught up in that. So I just, I don't know. I'm not, I feel uncomfortable anytime she's on screen. Yeah. Specifically at Dyad. When we see her a little bit later with Felix in the apartment, I think I let my guard down a little bit. Yeah. But like, anytime she's at Dyad, I'm just like, what is your plan here yeah. i feel like that we don't we don't know where her motive lo- motives lie and i wonder if maybe even the showrunners yeah, are confused know. about her motives right now yeah i think that they're having a hard time like squaring the circle that it's like okay she's because she's supposed to be like the smartest one but she's making like kind of stupid decisions so mm-hmm. it's like hard to feel not like empathy but just like feel like she's making like like you said that she's trustworthy and like yeah. making decisions for the best of the but I was going to ask you, because whenever Sarah breaks into Mrs. S's apartment and Felix is there, do you think... Well, I guess she invited him there. I was like, do you think that he went there because uh, Kasima and Delphine had just taken over his flat? With... Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I guess I'll just go to Mrs. S's house. Um, so then, uh, in the middle of uh, their Skype call, we see Cal uh, zaddying with Kira. She's creepy in this clip, too. Why are we stopped out here? Because your mom wanted to talk to someone. Seema. I guess. And out here, it's so open. We can pick up the signal for miles. Are those police talking? Look, this is another cool trick I learned. I like <laughs> just the subject change. Stop being so nosy, Kira. <laughs> Mind your business, okay? And then he makes her a little butterfly, which she says is a guardian angel later, which will come into play. Um, and then we get all this like lead. Okay, so the so well, I'll let Kasima say her like lead in mythology, but that's not really like the real myth. Or like I don't know, they don't talk about the rape part at all. The one that like we brought up like many episodes ago. Mm-hmm. You know the, uh, <clears throat> the mythology of Leda and the swan? Mm, must have missed that class. Okay, so Zeus, the, the big guy of the gods, he comes down from Mount Olympus in the guise of a swan, and, and he gets it on with this human queen called Leda. Um, they have twins, and the kids are half human, half god. Weird, right? Yeah, very weird. What, what does that have to do with anything? Project Leda. I mean, it's total military speak, isn't it? 
And, and what's with that soldier in the background? You think the military created us? <laughs> so, <clears throat> I, I pulled up the mythology too. Also, this made me think of the Hunger Games. So, they say that the, like, the Gemini twins like in astrology are Lita's children. So, the, their names are, of their twin boys are Castor and Pollux, who are characters in the Hunger Games. And I don't know how to say this. Clitemenstra and Helen of Troy are like, I think they're either her, like, granddaughters or another set of twins. But one of them is, like, Helen of Troy, like, launched, launched the, like, the war. But anyway, I don't know. So they, I mean, it is true that Zeus impregnated her. She had twins, but, like, I don't really think they should probably talk about the, like, rape aspect of yeah. it. Like, I don't know. Um, but anyway, this is the first introduction of the idea that it might be a military project as opposed to just, like, a scientific endeavor. Um, and it's, I think it's funny that, like, Kasima's like, look at that soldier, because, like, we've been looking at that picture and it never even occurred to me to be like, hmm, I wonder what a soldier's doing there. Yeah. So, I guess those are her twin girls, too. Uh, the woman, Clytemnestra, married Agamemnon, and then the other one, Helen of Zeus, was the one who was seduced by Paris and started the Trojan War. <clears throat> well, I think the story that Cosima is telling, or the the version that she's telling, is that trying to hint at how powerful the clones are, and like perhaps some like I don't know unlocked power that maybe they haven't discovered or that's been hinted at with uh, like with Helena's healing, healing. Yeah. Um, so just this like half god, half human theme so that's what i took away from yeah. her i mean well it's also very relevant right now percy jackson just started airing have you been watching did you read those books you said you got yes. to hear a kid right mm-hmm. the show is really good actually really oh. a little scorned from the movies so. but it's much better well the basically the writer of those books was like this movie these movies suck so we're gonna start over what's it on uh disney oh, disney okay. plus canceled we're not supposed to be watching uh, Disney Plus right now. <laughs> I don't pay for it, so it's okay. <laughs> I use um, Tyler's family's Disney Plus. Uh, it's good, though. They, they actually cast the kids to be age-appropriate, which I think mm. is always, like, a huge... Like, it's just, like, that's so easy to... Or not easy, but it's, like, it makes such a difference on the story. And the casting is really good, too. Like, the, the character actors they cast. Um, like, do you know who Jason Manzoukas is? No. He's, like, a comedy podcaster, but he's, like, an actual, like, Greek man, and they cast him as Dionysus, and mm-hmm. and he uh was like the perfect casting. Like when he was announced, like me and my cousin Olivia were like, "Oh my god, we couldn't have like dreamed of a better casting." <laughs> um, it's good. I'm excited to see. I think there's only like four episodes out, but yeah, that whole show is about demigods, so mm-hmm. half god, half humans with some with some powers. But so yeah, I guess it's true. Like maybe the military. It kind of goes back to the idea that maybe that cloning was the purpose of which is to like create and like enhanced humans mm-hmm. which we haven't really gotten into in the show yet but that's like the premise of that show dark angel that i was telling you about which they said was an influence of this show so just more stuff to unpack for sure um we forgot to talk about in the last episode when um kasim was doing that autopsy how badly she was coughing and then like in this part too she like gets out the phone with sarah and like immediately is like hacking up along mm-hmm. so she's definitely getting worse um, and then we're back into whatever field that the happy family then, and Sarah is trying to use her sexual motivation or manipulation on Cal. Like, I mean, <laughs> I wish she was like rubbing his hand. I was like, damn, Sarah, you really just like work the same <laughs> thing, but it works every time. Um, 
So then Felix is visiting Allison in rehab, which, like, if I was running a rehab, I don't know if I would let Felix in there. <laughs> um, I thought this whole part was really funny. I don't remember the curtain going up. Was I terrible? The people got their money's worth. <sighs> oh, look at my arm. I'm a mess. Okay, let's look at this as a chance to relax. I mean, rehab, Felix, they're drunks. That's disturbing, but sort of the point, love. Look, a week here, it's not a bad thing. You go away for a week, you come back from the spa, fresh as a daisy, no one's the wiser, plus no Donnie. When he said, people got their money's worth, I LOL. I was like... <laughs> he knows how to put things lightly. Uh, I was laughing because he was like, we'll celebrate with brunch and mimosas. Uh, the other day I was talking with some people and uh, this person was like, yeah, I just celebrated uh, three months sobriety. And somebody else was like, well, we should go out for drinks to celebrate. And they're like, wait, sorry, didn't think that through. It's like automatically associating drinking with celebrating and not thinking about it. So Felix isn't alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she... Um... I don't know. They just have such a good dynamic. They really found gold with the two of them. Like, every time they have a scene together. Also, I love the idea of pitching rehab. Like, it's a chance to relax. Like, just get away for a week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I forgot. But right before this, there's we see Siobhan again. She uh, attacks Benjamin, who's the one who, like, orchestrated that kidnapping with Sarah before. Um, she's looking for new papers because she wants to go to London to find this man named Carlton. But then he tells her that he's actually the state side, or where I guess Canada side, so he does, she doesn't have to go to London. So then Cal and Sarah saying goodbye, so Sarah can go into the city, and Ashley tells Kieran make sure Felix isn't too mad at her and check on like Auntie Cosima. Um, and then Cal is just trying to get like a little bit of information from her. She doesn't give him much though. What's the corporation? Hey, just give me the name. Dyad group. You must have really gotten under their skin. They sort of got under mine first. And then he's off with Kira and his dad, Era. What would you do if, well, I guess it would have happened. It, it can't happen to a woman if somebody just shows up. It's like, here's your kid. Take her up in your camper for a while while I go commit some crimes real yeah. quick. I also feel, I don't know, I get, we don't really know Sarah, what Sarah and Cal were like before, but I feel like Sarah definitely has trust issues, and she wouldn't just leave Kira with anybody, Yeah. and it's like, how well do you know this man? I guess pretty well, since she's leaving yeah. him, but. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't really have too many good options, either. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, Cal's a good choice, as we said before, because he's got all these resources, where he's, like, got a camper, but he's, like, tech-savvy also, so he can do, like, hacking and whatever, um, I and, like, so I think of the options available to her, he's probably, like, the best one. Especially since she doesn't know what's going on with Siobhan. But so, speaking of Siobhan, I, like, love this part where she's, like, getting ready. It's, like, sexy wow. Siobhan. Wow. Yeah. And the, sexy it's, like, Siobhan. the needle drop that plays. And, like, she's, they have that shot of her, like, descending. It's almost like an upskirt shot. Obviously not, but, like, it's, like, really focused on her legs and her, like, tight mm -hmm. skirt and her boots. And then she, like, goes to find that man, Carlton. They engage in some violent foreplay. I was like, okay, girl. Um, Carlton is played by Roger Cross. 
Uh, I wrote, Sarah got it from her mama. <laughs> and then they literally get busy in public. <laughs> she would. She was like, you're not shy, are you? Or something like that. Yeah. Like, okay, never seen this side of you, Mrs. S. She's out here. Um, and then Sarah and Felix reunite at uh, Mrs. S's house. Like we were saying, he tells her that she's a shite burglar. He says that he hopes that rehab will help Allison gain back some of her dignity, and then they immediately cut to her having to pee in the cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> Just, do you have to watch me tinkle every time? Um, and then uh, whatever, the the nurse is giving her the rules of the rehab, and she's like, don't get caught like, doing the nasty. And Allison's like, I don't think I've ever done the nasty. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Donnie comes, and it, she so at first she's like, I don't want to see him. He's an enabler. And the nurse is like, you want I should check his crevices? But then like leaves them alone together. But he, then he gaslights her like so horribly. This like watch, I like hate him way more than I did before. You put me in here. Allie, you agreed. I just want what's best for you. I can leave anytime I want to. I don't think that'd be such a great idea. Really, Donnie. Spying, leeching Donnie. Allie, you have issues. <laughs> and until you get those sorted out, I don't think you should be around the children. That is not your decision to make. It is if you leave rehab before the program's finished. At least that's what my lawyer says. Get well, Lily. And I, I feel like this is coming from the top. Like, Lita was like, here's how you can definitely manipulate her and get her to start acting right again, is like, dangle the kids in front of her. Yeah, I was wondering, too, he says that's what my lawyer said. Is his lawyer Daniel? Like, the same, mm. the same, or, or actually, I don't even think Daniel's a real lawyer now that I'm saying that. Like, or maybe because he, well, because he's faking being a private investigator when he, I feel like he's just like a, I don't know, like a whatever. <laughs> what are they called? Like a... A henchman? A henchman, yes. Yeah. Or like, yeah, like a what? Well, he just does whatever he needs to do. But yeah, I think you're right that Daya was like, all right, let's just get her into rehab so that she can like mellow out. And also like, I mean, if she's in a rehab, she's in like a controlled environment so yeah. they can keep a better eye on her even if well, it's not directly from Donnie. Well, that's what I wonder if they're going to have a plan. Mm, maybe. Yeah, I, I, she's, um, well, she's only supposed to be there for a week, I guess. But like, then Donnie says, oh, yeah, tw- 28 days, doesn't he? Oh, no, he just says the whole stay, huh? Yeah, the Usually whole stay. a rehab stay is 28 days. Oh. That's where I got that That's from, I guess. Inside. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, so I guess we'll see what happens. Maybe she'll like it there. <laughs> a, a, spa, a spa, just like Felix was saying. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That part just gave me the heebie-jeebies. I was like, ugh, he's horrible. Yeah. Um, Sarah and Felix are investigating. They find all these, like, papers about Clayton's, oh, I call him Clayton, Carlton's, uh, smuggling ring. That's, like, Mrs. S's bay. Um, and his human smuggling ring, I should say. Uh, he did time for that. They also find out this, like, newspaper clipping about, uh, Susan and Ethan Duncan, who are Rachel's parents. They were, it says six scientists were incinerated in, like, a lab fire. Uh, Susan's picture in her, like, newspaper article, iconic hairstyle. <laughs> I was like, she looks so good. After we see Siobhan getting down, then she tries to get, she uses her own sexual manipulation to try to get the tea. 20 years ago, you brought an orphan to my door. Put her in the black, you said, as black as it gets, and I didn't ask much, but now I know. I know what she is, old friend. Then you know more than me. And I don't want to hear it. The only thing that 
that Carlton can really tell her is that there was a fairy man named Kasov. What, what do you think that means, a fairy man? Is that just, like, the person in charge of moving people around? Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I don't know. I, at, at each conversation between Siobhan and Carlton, I was confused. They were throwing around names. I was like, am I supposed to know these names? And, yeah, I, I don't know if I was supposed to be able to take anything away from it or if I it was just cryptic on purpose. I think it was cryptic. I think it will probably, like, become more clear. With more information. I'm sure we're going to meet whoever Kassoff is. Because that's what she says. Like, can you at least take me to Kassoff? Mm-hmm. So that, that's probably, like, the next thing that we're going to see from her. So then um, Sarah, th- she's, like, she still has time before she has to go back. So she decides to go to Rachel's apartment and spy on her. Um, and Helena was in the house the whole time. Yep. She heard everything. Um, so... I equipped Rachel, or Sarah, pretending to be Rachel, because I love it when the clones pretend to be each other. I like the lights on and the suite to be a perfect 68 degrees. Is that clear, Troy? Absolutely, Miss Duncan. I'm taking care of it right now. And don't linger, Troy. I'll know if you do. Oh, I forgot to say that. This is the concierge that Felix said is cute because he's like, oh, those are like ritzy apartments. And then she's like, you've been there? And he's like, I can't reveal anything beyond the sordid, but <laughs> there was a cute concierge there. Um, so then she goes in there, Cassima calls her on the phone and she says that Rachel's apartment is straight out of Cold Bitch Digest. Um, and then we get all this exposition about the Duncan family from Cassima. Susan and Ethan Duncan, they were geneticists, both British citizens. Um, They went to Cambridge for molecular biology. In 74, they joint published a paper on recombinant DNA. And there were several more papers that they published after that until the last one in 76. Is that when they started Project Leader? Yeah, well, it makes sense that they were working on something totally top secret because they kind of disappear until the big lab explosion. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, so that I thought the biggest reveal from that was that Sarah was supposed to be yeah, that was supposed to be Sarah's situation. So, would that mean that Carlton was in touch with um what is Sarah's birth mom's name? Amelia. Amelia. Probably. Yeah, cuz that's what Siobhan says like if if Sarah keeps digging, a whole world of shit is going to be unlocked. So I think you're right that there that Carlton must have like had some connection where Amelia was supposed to bear the child, but then he fair he like smuggled her out of there, mm-hmm. um, and like, I guess they got some other carrier to carry. Uh, what's her name, Rachel? But I don't know what like, I guess they could have just used the scientist herself. Maybe she just didn't yeah, get pregnant. Right. Or, well, and then it's like it's setting up this um, th- uh, storyline we're gonna go down of like. Well, what really was the purpose of the scientists raising a clone as their own? Because yeah. you know, we see see them seemingly having a good time as a family on the home video, but Cosima saying, "Well, I think as scientists, they would have it would have been cold and lacking yeah. love." You know, she would have been raised totally self-aware, and 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 that that sense of being the only self-aware clone might have created a very profound sense of narcissism. She she probably thinks that she's elite. I feel like the whole thing would have been very clinical. Like every aspect of her life totally controlled for one singular purpose. She would have been raised without any emotional attachments so that she could be the perfect like corporate leader, totally able to make decisions based solely on strategic advantage. 
so Rachel's evil because Mummy and Daddy didn't hug her enough. I love you too, Daddy. I don't think so. Well, yeah, and then once again, like, nature versus nurture, like... Maybe Rachel just this way because this is how yeah. she wants to be. Or... Well, the, this is like the second time that Kasima's brought up this theory about Rachel being like the, the proto clone or whatever. Where I do think she is narcissistic and she does think she's elitist. Yes. But I think so. I think she's right in some ways. But I wonder if like maybe the original plan was to raise Rachel in like a clinical detached way, but then like the feelings got involved or whatever. Mm-hmm. So. I, and I also think that perhaps Rachel's just the way she is because of how she lost her parents and now it's like a control yeah, thing or fire. trying to prevent major disasters. I don't know. I just think it, they're setting us up, obviously, with the, seeing that, like, what Cosima's theory is not true. Sarah's seeing with her own eyes. Yeah. So I also wrote down that I thought this was an interesting parallel pulling back to very first episode ever of watching Best Home Videos. And that is how Sarah got to learn about Beth. Yeah. And now she's getting to learn about Rachel in this way. Yeah. Well, and Jennifer, too. Yeah. Oh, I didn't think about it that way. Yeah. So, interesting look into the lives of these clones through that. Moment. Yeah. Um, so, while Sarah's in there snooping around, we find out that Daniel's actually alive. He's on the phone with Leaky talking about how the plan went all wrong. Um, and then Sarah... I guess takes a gamble and just like, confronts him because he's like, well, I know you can't shoot me. And he's like, you're right. But then he knocks her out and like chains her up to the shower. <sighs> this was a scary episode. It was scary. Well, that's because it's a Helena episode. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, so we're back with Kira and Cal, but she's uh, like, she's worried because Sarah's not, or she's sad because Sarah's not there. They have a cute little father daughter moment where he's like, it's okay to be sad. But don't be worried. And she's like, I'm not worried because she has her guardian angel. And then it's like a direct cut back to this scene. And it's revealed that Daniel is Rachel's monitor. Um, and they're obviously like hooking up. So it's like, do you have to be like sexually involved to be a monitor? Is that like the only way that they let them do it? I think it just presents an advantage. Yeah, you know, I guess Love so. is blind. All that. Yeah. Um, he's like about to torture her. Like he starts to, well, I don't know. I thought that her acting was really good in this scene. What are you so scared for us to find out about Project Leader? What makes you think you're going to be able to tell anyone when we're done? You Daniel? Daniel? What? I look like her, don't I? I look just like her. This is happening. He just meant, like, torturing. Like, this is happening. I'm going to torture you. I, I think so, It felt yeah. like... I don't know. There was something else he was... I thought he was about to shave her head. <laughs> it is what I thought he was about to No, do. I think he was torture, going to torture her to, like, okay. get information about, like, how she knew what she knew and whatever else. When he, like, cuts into her ear, I was like, ugh. Yeah. Uh, but then um, some, like, music turns on in the apartment, so he goes to, like, investigate, and then we just, like, hear the sounds of a scuffle, and then he, like, falls into frame. So... This whole episode, I'm like, where is Paul? Like, have we just executed Paul Paul because we have Zaddy Cal now? (laughs) And so I thought this was going to be his moment to come Um, back in. That's who I thought it was. Well, didn't they say whenever, when we were like, is uh, Rachel trying to get with Paul? Or is she just, they, she probably, because he says that Rachel's not getting back to like X time. So I feel like he went with her Um, to wherever mm -hmm. she was in Asia or whatever she was doing. Um, 
in the versions that I have, it has like the scenes for next week, and Paul comes back in the next episode. Mm. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but, but um, but well, I knew it was gonna be Helena because like as soon as it's the same thing with Amelia when she goes to like when Sarah sets the meeting with Amelia and then Helena hides there and pretends to be Sarah. I'm like, oh, she's definitely like. I was like, she's gonna be somewhere in this apartment. I don't know if it's to help yeah, her or to well, hurt her, but and like you, you, we get the clue with her angel and mm-hmm. Helena's looked very angelic on this whole episode with her giant mane and her wedding dress. But I just was like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I kind of miss Paul. <laughs> you do? <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> I know. I'm just like, I don't know. I I miss having someone to to hate in that way. <laughs> I know Art was too badass this week. We can't hate him. And but I, like actually hate Donnie, but Paul is just like a like ugh, like what's he doing? Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um but I like how you see Daniel like he like falls into frame, I guess like like throws him and he's getting his ass beat. And then she starts like coming towards Sarah like covered in blood from her and then like I, Sarah starts, like, screaming. I honestly kind of, like, because we've known Helena was alive this whole time, I kind of forgot that Sarah thought that she was dead. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, right. Like, she thinks she's, like, coming back from the dead right now. Um, and this this scene is, like, iconic orphan black scene with their reunion. <laughs> Hello, sister. Good to see you. Helena, what are you doing here? I followed you from mother's house. I shot you! You were dead! You were dead! Yes, you did. It's a miracle. We were meant to be together. Stay away from me! Please, Sastro. I need your help. Don't send me back. I was married. I think he took something from inside of me. As you've been mentioning the limitations of the audio medium, this is a really cool shot with a hug. And it made me think, Is that, do you know if there's like a consistent body double that they yeah. use? Her name is Catherine Alexandra and she like... I actually noticed that she's, like, the first credited person after Carlton, who is, like, a guest star in this episode. But, yeah, she, they definitely... the Tatiana Maslany, like, said in, like, every interview, like, I couldn't have done the show without her. She was, like... she I think she did a lot of the, like, physical acting when her, like, Tatiana Maslany's face couldn't be on camera and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, yeah, but that scene is so... Ch- like, it's, like, beautiful, but also, like, chilling, like you said, when they, like, start to hug and Sarah, like, looks uncomfortable, but it's, like... What is she really going to do? Like, mm-hmm. and Helena's been through so much. She, like, really just, like, is seeking out solace from, like, anyone who yeah. can, like, help her. Um, yeah, and it's it, it, the visuals of her and, like, the bloody wedding dress and her, like, giant hair. And Sarah's all, like, strung up, too, but they're in this, like, clinical bathroom. Like, that's, like, definitely, like, one of the shots I always think of when I think of the show. Um, yeah, we already talked about the egg thing with the Prolethean, so... I thought this was an amazing episode. As I was watching, I was like, I can barely keep up with all the, like, revelations and stuff that's going on. I I thought it was a really good one. It's a really good one. I like the relationship developing with Kira and Cal and Sarah and Cal. And I'm excited to see where this uh, reunion between Helena and Sarah goes. I really hope that Sarah can forgive Helena and that 
she goes on like a rage sister thing on the Prolethians and just yeah. goes and kicks some ass on Helena's behalf. Yeah. But also have to deal with Rachel and I guess Paul again, so Yeah. <laughs> so many pieces. That's like it's like a it's a perk and a complaint for me. Yeah. Because sometimes it's just exhausting. I'm glad we take a we a, a week in between and I'm yeah. not trying to binge it because it's just like a lot of plate spinning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy how they manage to, like, keep everything afloat, too, and, like, everything tied together. And, like, the only characters missing from this episode were Delphine and, and Paul, who were, like, ancillary characters. They, they had everybody else and, like, had development problem. And I think Cal's a really good addition, obviously, because he's a hottie. But he, that actor, I think, has more, like, nuance than Paul's act. Or I think mm-hmm. that's, part like, part of the role. Like, he maybe in other roles he has more going on, but... Like, it's just, like, there's so much more, um, I don't know, it seems like there's more going on behind his, well, his and, head. And we don't have a lot of access to people who knew Sarah before the show started. True. Like, we have Felix, we have Siobhan, but they both have their biases. And yeah. so, adding him in from this different perspective of, like, non-familial attachment. Yeah, and also somebody that was, like, probably, like, that, like, probably loved her, mm-hmm. who is a Vic the Dick and is not, like, also, like, a toxic person. Um, it definitely presents, like, a, an alternative of, like, what Sarah's life could have been if she hadn't been, like, a con artist or, like, whatever. Like, what if she just, like, had her baby and, like, lived with Cal in the middle of the woods and, you know, they, like, raise Hero that way. So, it's yeah, it's, yeah, it, you make a good point that it's, like, another window into mm-hmm. her life. Yeah. Did you relate to any of the clones this week? Hmm. No. Yeah. <laughs> they're all too far gone right now. <laughs> Once again, they're not super relatable this episode. Yep. Okay, well, we did it. Thank you for listening, and thank you to Adam Kelly for our theme music and Megan Walker for our podcast cover art. You can email us at onmylistpod650 at gmail.com if you have any comments or questions. Tune in next week. Bye.